0: God bless you today as you give. Thank you for your faithfulness in all the areas that you give towards our project renew. Your tithe, your offering, all of that makes everything you see possible. And uh, how many of you know it takes a lot to make things happen? Anybody have children? Anybody know that children can be expensive? Anybody have a home that you live in? How many of you know TVA doesn't give you free power? How many of you have one unit in your house? How many of you have two units in your house? We've got about 15 in this house. So it takes a lot. You like it cool? Y'all are slow asleep today. I thought, am I in a Pentecostal church this morning? Living up. So good to see you here. So good to be able to worship with you. This is a place of worship and a place of prayer. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So I believe that today, that through your worship, worship proceeds, I believe, every victory. That's faith. Having faith in a God, knowing that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ever ask or think. That's our faith. That's our hope. And listen, if we lose our hope, we lose everything we have. Our hope is in Christ. And I tell you, I look forward to seeing Him. But until I do... I'm going to have as much heaven here on earth as possible. The Bible says He is with me. Jesus said that I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So if you're living a less abundant life, just get in tune with Him, I promise you. If you spend time with Him, He'll spend time with you. He said, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh close unto you. Fathers, we move into looking into Your Word Father, I believe that this word is, is so important for this moment. I believe that, Father, you are preparing a people to receive, Lord, this not just in this church, but, Lord, I believe you're doing this across our nation. I believe, Father, that you are creating in your people a hunger and a thirst that will not, it has never been, but, Father, will not be satisfied anymore with the flavors of this world. I ask you today... Intensify the hunger and the thirst, the void that only you can fill. Father, you promised us that if we would hunger and thirst for righteousness, you said we shall be filled. Father, I pray for those that are so hungry, those that are thirsty. Lord, let them today taste of you and see that you are good, as your word says. Let them see, Father, that you are the only thing, the only essence in our life that will fulfill that need. So, Father, as we look into your word, we pray that you will allow us to hide this word in our heart so that sin may not abide. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to start. I want to talk to you just about one word, thirsty. There's a hunger in there, but I want to talk to you about being thirsty. Have you ever been just so thirsty, just couldn't stand it? You ever been cutting grass or working outside and you didn't have the water and when you got whatever it was you, you were going to drink, uh, you just guzzled. you all know what the word guzzle means? I know that's kind of lower Alabama, but we used to guzzle everything there. We didn't have it 30 minutes on, uh, on our job site for 30 minutes for lunch, so we had to guzzle and uh, just devour or inhale our food. Uh, we didn't have time to leave. That's the desire. That's the hunger and thirst I believe he's talking about. There's a true desire for things that are right. But here's the problem we have today. We have a world that is telling us that things that are wrong are acceptable. Y'all better and I'm telling you. I know we have church service scheduled tonight. You better liven up this morning. Uh, it's going to be a long day. It's gonna, uh, you help me preach, so help me. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5 verse number 1 says this. It says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Notice the word his, capital there. He's talking about the ones he selected. He's not talking about us at this point. He's talking about the ones he selected. His disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth, and he taught these things, saying this. Verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And then it goes on and tells us more, but that's where we're going to stop there this morning. And I want you to really see the importance of being blessed. All of these give us the reasons of why and how we're to be blessed. And every person in here would say, I want to be blessed. But the problem is, is identifying what blessings are. You see, when I say, are you blessed? The first thing we want to do is list the things that we possess. That's not the true blessing. That's not what God is talking about. Of course those things will come. He says, I will give you the desires of your heart if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. So the word righteousness is the most important part there because he says, blessed are those who hunger and who thirst for righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness, and all things shall be added. Here's the deal. If we're seeking first the kingdom, which are things that are not of our world and not of things that make us happy, if we're seeking things that make God happy, then all of a sudden the desires of our heart will not be the desires of what makes us happy. It'll be desires that will benefit the kingdom because my home is not of this world. I'm a pilgrim passing through. The scripture tells us we're just passing through. David wrote it like this. We're like a vapor. We're here today, gone tomorrow. He said you're like a blade of grass. You come up and you go and you're gone. The Bible says from dust you came, dust you shall go. You will die. But the, pro- the, the biggest question of all is when you die, where are you going to spend the rest of your days? He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And what I've seen is the closer that you get to righteousness, the less amount of friends you have, because then those so-called friends think you're judgmental. <laughs> and we've allowed, we've we've taken that and we've said we can't offend anybody. I'm not offending anybody if this word says it. This word offends you. This word offends the flesh. The Bible says the, the spirit and the flesh war against each other. That means we shouldn't be trying to balance it. We shouldn't, shouldn't be trying to make it feel right. It's never going to be balanced. It's never it's out of balance. Why? Because sin has come into the world. Jesus would have never had to come if we hadn't have messed up what He created. And so we see that He's telling us here to have a hunger and a thirst. A thirst for that, that, that fountain of life that never runs dry. A hunger for the Word of God that He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Which means my life, whether I live or die, if I live is Christ, if I die is the gain. We have, we have missed the focus because we think we've got to be a hero now. Most of the people that we read about in the Scripture didn't know they were heroes until they were gone. And they still don't know. Because I'm sure Jesus and God didn't go, Hey guys, by the way, you're being preached about right now. They don't care. Why? Because their mind was stayed upon thee. He said, I. The Lord said this. He said, I will keep you, keep me in perfect peace as my mind is stayed on thee. The problem today, church, our mind is on everything but God. Our mind is so caught up in the junk of this world and we're so caught up in the malice and so caught up. In the stuff of this world, that when God actually comes in, we can't even hear Him because our mind is running to and fro. We're worried about this. We're worried about what we did here. We're hoping nobody finds out about this. We're hoping this doesn't get out. And listen, if we would seek first righteousness, we wouldn't have to worry about that stuff. Come on. What are you thirsty for? What are you hungry for? If you're hungry for the lust of the flesh, as soon as you commit whatever that lust is, you're going to feel condemnation. It's promised in the Word. The Word of God tells us the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He also says, there is therefore no... If you feel condemned, it ain't from God. If you feel condemned, it ain't from the church. If you, feel, the reason people run from the church, they say, "I just don't feel comfortable there." It's not that you don't feel comfortable. It's especially if the Word of God is being preached with with fear and trembling listen you're not going to feel comfortable there's days I preach and I don't feel comfortable but I know that God is faithful and just to forgive me and to walk with me to talk with me he said I shall never leave you I will never forsake you I will go and we act like God has left the scene I don't know what I'm going to do why don't we trust God one more time why don't we get in agreement with his word just one more time The church was the most powerful force on the planet. Acts chapter 2. But now we've got a form of godliness. But we're denying the very power that we sing about. Reading through the Beatitudes, we see different characteristics that make having a, a Christian character. We've been talking about this on Wednesday nights. By the way, we will not have Wednesday night service. Tell your neighbor that. All right, stop telling your neighbor. Look back up here. Having a hunger, listen to me. Having a true hunger and a thirst for righteousness is something that will be seen in different ways of our life. It's easy to know what people have been eating they've been eating good or not. Because they talk about it. If you eat something good, you talk about it. What's the bakery that... uh, Jonica's. If you haven't been to Jonica's, now this is just a shameless plug here. I ate the other day, and I was just going in to see my daughter, and they had these these cloud-looking cinnamon rolls that had fallen from heaven. And I believe it had as much icing on it as it did the bread. And I bought me one, and it was great. And you know it's great because I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it. I'm telling you it's good. I'm telling you it's good. If you go in there, tell her that Pastor Leslie sent you and I believe I could possibly get a discount that would help the church. But there have been things that I have eaten that I don't talk about. Not that it didn't satisfy the hunger, it just wasn't that good. There's things that you eat during the week and you say, well, Pastor, what are you about? I'm talking about flesh right now. You don't want to talk about it because it's not good. It's not good for your character. Because if people knew you were eating it, they'd say, I I can't believe you're partaking of that. So therefore we don't talk about it because it is not fitting. But if we happen to get a new scripture verse or a new book and we read it and we see, wow, this is a great quote, and we post it, we liked it, and we want everybody else to like it. Because people will think, we're spiritual because of what we say. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says a tree is known by the fruit. Don't tell me how to evangelize if you're not evangelizing. Don't tell me how to grow a church if you've never pastored a church in your life. I get so That, that makes me sick as a dog. I tell you, if you do this, you want to try this? Have you ever, ever met people? I can tell you, if you want to grow a church... Grow a church, 12 easy steps. There is no There is no easy steps. There's one step, and here's what it is. Here's the step that grows a church. He said, if I be lifted up, I would draw all men unto myself. He said, if I be lifted up, somebody ought to get on your feet and lift up the name, above all names, the name of Jesus. We ought to be the shoutiest bunch of happy people I've ever met. He said, If I be lifted up, I will draw men. If we were lifting him up, people couldn't pass this church without being drawn by the Spirit of God. But we spend too much time edifying ourselves, and it scars the character of the church. Listen to this attitude determines your behavior. A character determines your conduct. Don't, there's so many people that have been around so many people that know something about something and they heard it and now they can repeat it and they think, oh, I'm smart now. There's some things in life I can't do. I've been around plumbers. I've watched them. I watch people do it on purpose because I don't like paying for stuff like that. And I try and I try and plumbing is one of the hardest things on the planet to me. Now if you're a plumber, I ain't nothing to it. That's why I have to pay you to each his own. But I have been working on this piece under my sink and no, I'm not asking for any volunteers to come to my house. I don't need to fix what you're going to tear up either but I've been working on this one pipe and I've done everything. I've Googled it and it's just not its just not for these hands to do. But I can do other things. I can do other things. What I'm trying to say is if God has talent, given you the talent to do something, stay in your lane and do that. Quit jumping lanes and cutting people off in their lane. If you can't sing, just accept the fact that you can't sing and stop trying. Just make a joyful noise like I do on the front row. That's why I'm not in the choir. He won't let me in the choir. I've tried out 20 times. That's a lie. Tell you what, I'd be in the choir if I want to be in the choir. Cause I don't want they just don't know talent when they hear it. <laughs> how hungry and how thirsty for righteousness will be shown up in your life. So the first thing I want us to see here, we must be having a desire for holiness rather than happiness. We must get a desire back into the church that is for holiness rather than happiness. And I know that other churches have different things and they offer different things. I get that. But if the only reason you come is because we have donuts that have chocolate glaze on it, there's going to come a day where we won't have that. So just know you're going to be mad that day, possibly affect your worship. There, there's going to be days that Jonathan's probably not going to sing all fast songs, and I, I know, I know that's hard for some, and I know we like to kick it off fast and run wide open. And then there's some that they can't run wide open. They barely walk and they just like the old slow. And You need to know there's going to be days like that. There's days like that, mama said. You just have to know. But we need to get back to a, a mindset of holiness. What is holiness? It's... it's Holiness is a lifestyle. It's not what you do on the outside. It's in the inside. It's it's cleaning out the house. This is the house. He said, this is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Listen, all of us can dress up and look like we go to church. Don't make you saved. Just because you wear a suit don't make you any more holy or any greater. But we get caught up on things like that and we, we we, we miss the whole essence of what holiness is. Holiness is done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then when you come to church, you're, you're excited because you made it. Yeah. You ever been there? Yeah. Kind of what Brother Bill would say, you know, I, I made it! Another week I made it! I don't know what tomorrow will be, but I made it! And it's a struggle every week, man. I have to crucify my flesh daily just like Paul. Let me tell you, if he had to do it, who do you and I think we are? Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. Most of us can't even write a blog. But we are holy, so holy. Sometimes we think that song was written about us. Oh, I'm holy, oh, so holy. It's Lord's you are holy, by the way. We get caught up in formalities. We think that if we can make people happy, they'll come. Let me go ahead and let you in on a secret. This ain't Chuck E. Cheese. If we get caught up in making people happy, all we'll do is spend time on how can I make people happy. If we spend time with trying to make people comfortable, that will never be accomplished. You may make a few people comfortable. You may make a few people... But listen, if if we don't get back to holiness, living... Listen, when we get to heaven, God is not going to say, boy, you made that bunch happy. They so happy. that's the happiest church i ever seen. Boy, you just let everybody come on in. But if you don't tell them the truth, it's the truth that sets them free. That's the Word of God. We must present the truth and we must present holiness. We must get back to a lifestyle that is holy, not before men, but before God. Y'all know what a lead balloon is? That's what this is going over like, it feels like. Sometimes I believe we get confused with the fact that we think God, God's primary goal is for happiness, and I believe God desires for you to be happy. But that's not the only reason. We have the concept that God should make us feel like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny does. You know how the you know when Santa Claus is coming to town? Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes we think that oh here comes Sunday. Here I'm gonna get everything I want because Pastor's gonna pray. We think that God is like Santa Claus. We think if we can just pray it, we get it. And the reason most people are so frustrated in life is because you're praying for things that is not God's will for your life. God, I want to be rich. He's going, you can't handle it. God, I want a big house. It's only you. Because he's always asking this question. Anytime I ask for something, he always responds this, why? Why do you want this? Why are you asking me for this? Why do you feel the need to have the? I want a big ministry for you, Lord. No, you don't. No, you don't. You want everybody in town to go, man, look at him. Man, look at her. And that's why you're frustrated. You want a big ministry for God? Get on your face before God and humble yourself in the sight of God. He said, if you humble yourself, he said, I will lift you up. have some bad theology going around God wants his people to be holy to be sure and joy will come Peter said it this way you'll have joy unspeakable and full of glory y'all know what glory is? Y'all know. we don't know what glory is or oh, I just want the glory of God to fall let it fall I just want the presence of God you, no, you can't if the presence of God came in, like I've seen Him, number one, He's going to bring conviction to your heart. He's going to start touching things in your life, and He's going to say, hey, you know what you did yesterday? I know what you did. That Nobody else, you've got to get that right. Because He will not take you any further until you get that under the blood. You see, we think we can just go into the inner courts full of sin and full of nastiness. And no, the only way I can get to God the Father is through the Son. That is through forgiveness, through grace by faith that I receive salvation. So the first thing we have to deal with, but we think we can come in here with some half-cocked idea that if I lift my hands and worship and feel a goosebump, I can just walk in the Holy of Holies. Listen, you will die in the Holy of Holies. You can't go there. We want the glory. and We want to post all this stuff about glory. Listen, I've seen the glory of God hit a house and it don't make you shout. It makes you fall on your face. It humbles you because you can't stand in the presence of an almighty God. If you've been with Him, you know. I'm telling you, it's time for the church to get back on our face. We're trying to be a praise and start falling on your face before God. Oh, see, we're not getting it. Maybe that'll get them. The theme of the book of Philippians is about joy, and all we want is joy, joy, joy. I just want to be happy. closer I get to God, the most unhappy I get with this world and my flesh. And the Beatitudes are talking about a blessed life, and we all want that. Oh, blessed life. Have a blessed life now. Do this. A, B, C, 1... Father, help us. Help us to have a clear understanding that you're not mad at us. You so loved us. So, Father, it's not a matter of anger. Father, my preaching today is not, I'm not angry. I'm very frustrated with the fact that we have been sane to sleep. You said now is the time. The true worshipers. Father, a true worshiper worships you no matter what the situation. Don't matter if they have stage four cancer or they're the healthiest thing on the planet, they worship you. Doesn't matter if they don't have a dime in the bank or they've got plenty of money in the bank, they worship you. Now you said it's the time for the true worshipers to awaken. Wake us, Father. We have gone to sleep. Your church has gone to sleep. Not just the, not our church. The, the church in general has gone to sleep. We've been singing about you. We talk about you. And we live like we're nowhere near you, God. We act like you're nowhere to be found, Father. I pray now is the time for the true worshipers to awaken whatever you've got to do, Father. Wake us. If you've got to shake us, if you've got to do whatever, do it, God, because the time is short. And it's time for us to wake Now is the time for the true worshipers to awaken from their sleep and worship the God of your salvation in spirit and in truth. God, let it be so in Jesus' name. We must get back to a spirit of holiness, not happiness. We are so judgmental about things of the church. Well, I don't like what he does, she does, this one does. I tell you this, and I can sit and observe and tell you how to do it. Stop observing and start participating. Listen, have you ever thought you may be the very one that sparks the fire that begins the revival that this city and this state and this world needs? You may be the one. You may be the one. We keep doing the same things over and over and expecting something different. That's chaos and that is insanity. It's insanity. His purpose, God's desire, His holiness, to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Jesus didn't build a church. Jesus was the church. Jesus didn't build a big building with a steeple on it and say, Come. Jesus didn't create gimmicks and plans and have a a shock and awe team. Jesus went out. Jesus went out and ministered. He said, I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But we think we're fruit inspectors. we got to get everything right. And we're so comparable. We're comparing everything. We compare this church and this church. Well, if we could be like them. God didn't call us to be them. God called us to be a light to the world. And we we must take what we know and go out. Romans 8, 28 says this. And you will know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. What are you in love with? Works for the good of those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. If you're not satisfied, here's why. You're not doing your call. You may be doing what somebody else called you to. But if you're frustrated in what you're doing, you may not be fulfilling the will of God in your life. Because let me tell you something, there's nothing more fulfilling in life than than doing the will of the Father. Well, I don't have to go through training. Jesus trained His disciples. They didn't have time to get their affairs in line. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men well, that's all I need is the hand of God on my life. Yeah, you're exactly 100% right. You're exactly right. But if His hand is on you, you'll be doing what you think you are called to do, and you'll be leading. Listen to me and hear my heart. We are so messed up in theology that we think God is just going to give it to us and we not have to do something. So I believe the question is simply this and God knows the answer to this but how much time do you spend a day asking God what can I do for you? God, what can I do for you today? Father, you said the steps of the righteous are ordered by you. Where are you going to lead me today? Who are are you going to allow me to intersect with today? Father, not my will. As your son prayed, but your will be done. Nevertheless, not what I think, but what do you want me to do? And seal that prayer in the name of Jesus, because if you don't, it's pointless. You can't get to God except through Him. He says when you pray, pray in the name of Jesus. That's that's being holy and that's being respectful of the authority that's over you. We think we have access to God the Father because we're somebody. You didn't die for the sin of this world. You can't. If you could have, God would have picked you. The Bible says he searched heaven and earth and couldn't find one. Heaven and earth and found only one, his only begotten son. That whosoever. I'm a whosoever. What the Lord has been dealing with me personally about is let's not get caught up in formalities. Let's not get caught up in what's attractive. Let's lift... Him up. The greatest evangelistic plan, the greatest church growth plan, is simply that. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men. Number two, real quick. I got four. Now we're saying, oh no, it's 1149 and 43, 1149 and 44, 1149 and 46. I got to go home. He's making us come back tonight. Number two, we'll end with number two. What you are thirsty for will be seen in your and our attitude towards sin. We don't want to talk about sin anymore. But you consider this. Consider the shows that are on television. Consider the number of jokes that we hear every day that joke about drunkenness and sexual immorality and trash. And we ha, laugh it all. Sometimes we believe we just want to see how close we can get to the line without crossing it. If that's if that's sin down there where y'all are, and this is the sin line, me and Jonathan's the only one saved. Sometimes we. Sometimes we want to just see just how close we can live there. You know why we do that? Because that's the way our world has taught us. It's okay to look at things. It's not doing bad. I'm just looking at it. It's okay to talk about that because I would never do it. The Bible says if you've committed the sin in your heart, you've committed it against God. I don't live that way in my relationship and in my covenant marriage with my wife. I don't live on the line. I don't say, oh, you sure look good, but I'm married. See how close I am. I can. If you get that close, listen, whatever's on that line will pull you across. it. Well, I'm saved. No, no, saved people don't act like that. Saved people don't even hang out right there. Saved people hang out in the inner core. Saved people hang out in the, in the secret place of the Most High. We don't sit out here and go, oh, but I'm saved. Some of us are playing a very dangerous game. We're living on the line. The Bible says it this way. If you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. We're living too close to the danger zone. Some of us do this. We visit this side on Sunday, but on Monday we go, because everybody else is doing it, it's okay. I mean, God God loves me. He died for me. He, for God so loved the world, we have every scripture, and then when we get when we get to church, we want to go. But then after church, we slip off, and if you got to be sneaky about it, it's wrong. We sneak off. If you got to do this, if this is the sin that you have a problem with right here, this guy, and you have to do this. Sure, nobody's looking. I see, you, Benji. Hey, brother. God is so good. I'm such a blessed man, blessed and highly favored. May God bless you. Bless your step. Bless your going and coming. Everything you touch, let it be blessed. Is he gone? He's gone. And it's comfortable. There's nobody saying anything. You know why most people don't say stuff about sin now? Because they got their own guilt. They got their own guilt. Taste this, Jonathan. I'm just <laughs> Thank you, Benji. Samson is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Samson was greatly anointed by God. Samson had long hair. I don't have long hair. Samson's long hair gave him strength, supernatural strength from God. Samson had a problem with his flesh. Many people, every person has a problem. He was married. He married a girl who was Jewish. It's totally against their custom. He shouldn't have done that. God was with him. He also hung out with a prostitute. Don't advise that. But as he did, he would talk with her as long as he had his hair, he had his strength. And I believe there are many that believe this sermon. That can I can I live on the edge and keep the anointing? The answer to that is yes, for a season. For a season, Samson did that. Samson kept going back to the sin. And what happened with Samson was the fact that he knew the truth in the beginning. And he knew the truth in the end, but he got comfortable in the sin as he laid there and as she caressed him and, "Oh Samson, I wouldn't hurt you, I love you." See, sin is inviting. It wants you to think, this is good, it's good, it feels good. Sin, listen, if you knew, if you knew where sin was taking you ultimately, you wouldn't go there, but you don't you know the, pro- the process is pretty gentle. The process is pretty gentle. I see people that have dealt with alcohol issues and, and, and they drink and they, 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 they like the feeling but then the next day it's like, Man, why'd I do that? Then the next week they do it again. I work with men that would do that every Friday and they'd come in on Monday wanting to borrow money from me because they had spent it all on stuff. And they puked it out. And I'm thinking, why do you do that? But it's like Monday through Monday through Thursday they forgot that they they, they puked their lung out. People that Have drug and substance abuses. It's not. It's not the drug that you're attracted to. It's the feeling. Feelings. Nothing more. Than feelings. Nothing more. Because we got to feel good. We got to have a kumbaya church. You hurt my feelings. Oh, dear God, I hurt your feelings. Nothing more. There's nothing more than feelings. I've had my feelings hurt more than you've had your feelings hurt. Because when you hurt your feelings, it makes it hurts my feelings because how dare you. That hurts my feelings. You ever thought about that? When people start that, Sister Carolyn, they say, You hurt my feelings. Well, you hurt my feelings. I don't do that. I can't do that. But I'm the pastor but I know how to throw a temper tantrum like nobody's business when you ain't watching. Because it's feelings. We get so caught up in feelings. I just don't feel that's where God wants me. Gag. I feel He's leading me. What's amazing about God is He can lead you away and He's leading somebody else right into the same place. Thank God He's doing that. Kind of keeping us balanced, I guess. But just feel the Lord. You better be careful what you're blaming on the Lord. What is the attitude towards sin? Are we worried about those that are lost and dying and possibly going to go to hell? Are we more concerned with our feelings? If we're more concerned with feelings, then we will have no heart nor compassion for those that are lost. Samson was one that lost everything because of weakness. He gave in to Delilah, told her his source of strength. Let me say this to you. The enemy knows your source of strength, but he also knows the source of your weakness. The enemy knows the source of your strength, and he knows that he cannot win. You are the only one that can give him the power to destroy you. Just like Samson. Samson told her, and the one that loved him so dearly sold him out and watched his eyes be gorged from his head. That's love. What's love got to do, got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. I know it's a secondhand emotion, but come on. (laughs) Then we go back to feelings. What do you think? What do you think was going through Samson's mind when they captured him, strung him between the two pillars of the temple? Heated a rod and gouged his eyes out so he could never see her again. Was it worth it? Ask yourself whatever it is you're doing. Is it worth it? You will lose. You may may not lose today or tomorrow or feel like you're losing, but it's carrying you to destruction. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his goal. Playing with sin puts you on a slippery slope that has very severe consequences. Despise it and avoid it. Avoid it like a plague. Don't allow it near you. If you have a weakness for monitors, this is a, this is the most sinful thing in this church. If you have a desire, and that's that'll send you to hell. Don't touch that. Don't touch the monitor. I just feel drawn to it. I just can't get over it. But you can get over it. He said, I have have made a way of escape for you. What you're doing is denying the power of God. You're saying, I can't do it. You can't do it. But with God, all things are possible to them, that believeth." Start speaking to the monitor. Look at the dust in that. Did you see that? That's crazy. (sighs) Somebody go get my Zyrtec. I'm just kidding. What was I talking about? Avoid it! Don't go near that. Don't talk about it. Don't go to Brother Cecil and go, well, I got a problem. What's your problem? Oh, I got a problem with the monitor. I just love the monitor. That's my weakness. What you just did is told the prince of the air, hey, that's my problem. He's going to say, you better stay away. Or he's going to say, "It's probably not a problem. Probably not. Problem. Probably God knows. I didn't die. I love you, monitor. You've never let me down. I can lean on you. You play me music. I love music. God loves me, God cares for me, God understands me. He knows my weakness. He's not going to send me to hell. I mean, really? Really? No, he's not going to send you that. I didn't think he would. Listen, Brother Cecil, come here. I want to tell you about my monitor. Come here. Because we always want to include people in our trash. Touch this. Touch it. it didn't hurt. Touch it. Put your hand on it. Put your arm on it. I tell you, God, God is so merciful. God is so full of grace. His grace is sufficient. So when I get to hell, I'm going to say, God, you knew I was weak there. No, He's going to say this to you. Depart from me. Depart from me, you of iniquity. What is iniquity? That monitor. Sin. See, we think, boy, if I can do this sin fast and get away with it, I'll just ask God to forgive me. That's not forgiveness. That's not forgiveness. You're trying to get an escape line. You're trying to get a free... Out of jail free card. You're trying to get a free out of hell card. Oh Lord, forgive me in Jesus' name. Oh, thank God I covered. Because in your mind you're planning your next opportunity to be with the Hey, look at these socks, guys. I couldn't find my dress socks today. I can't believe you wear that. You see what you put on? There done. Let me say this to you. bring it back to serious. Greatness, greatness. listen to me. Greatness is always preceded by separation. Greatness is always preceded by separation. And you can't give out what you don't have. You, can't, you, can't, you cannot give a word of comfort if you have no comfort. You can't speak peace over people if you live in turmoil. You can't speak love if you don't love yourself. And one of the greatest things that I see in our world today is we have people that they don't even, we don't even love ourselves. You can't show love to someone if you don't love yourself. Greater love hath no man than he that would lay down his life for a friend. For you, greater love hath no man. What was he saying? He said, you can't die for the sin of the world. You don't have that great of love. But for God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son. We know that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three in one. That's why Jesus had the power because He was God. He had the power to say the words nevertheless. Here's the problem. When we get in a sinful spot, we can't say the word nevertheless because we have fed our flesh too much and it overtakes us. And the enemy wants it to overtake you because he wants us to feel guilty. And then guilt keeps us from worship. You ever notice that? You ever try to worship and all the devil does is bring up your past? He's good at that. He's the best at it. Or maybe you're in the middle of worship and maybe you heard that Brother Cecil heard about it this week and Brother Cecil, you know, everybody's worshiping. And Brother Cecil's got you laser-beamed. Watching, waiting for you. Raise your hands, Brother Kristen. Raise your hands. How dare I know what you did this week. How dare! And then in his mind, the, the the deceiver of the brethren, the accuser of the brethren, comes to church with you. Did you know that he comes over here and he says, "Brother Cecil knows. He knows. He's friends with so and so, and you know how they are. They only tell their best friends. How dare you worship? If you think the enemy sits in the car and waits for you, you're crazy. He's sta- he he is he is here." I want him to hear me and I want you to hear me there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ it didn't say in the church it says there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ that's why I have to stay in Christ Judges sixteen twenty says this about Samson this was the last thing that was said He did not know the moment of his despair that the Lord had left him. He didn't even know. Do you know? Do you know God? I'm not talking about have you heard about Him. I'm not asking you have you sang about Him. I'm not even asking you if you've had a feeling or a moment with him. There are many times that some of you have asked me, Pastor, what are you doing for lunch today? And and there are times that I break away, but lunch has always been mine and Bridget's day thing because many times in the life of a pastor, you come in early in the morning. Most people don't bother you maybe around lunch and then they'll... Then maybe after four, that's when you get off work, and that's when you start dealing with life. And, and after work, and you want to call me, and then sometimes I end up, I end up here later. And uh, after I leave here at four, I'll end up coming back and meeting with different ones. And so there are times that ministry takes me away, but I make a point that lunch is my date with my wife and my children. And it's not that I don't want to eat with you. Has nothing to do with that. But that's mine and her time. Why? Because I love her. And yes, I love her more than you. It's part of the system of God. God, family, everybody else. I love my father. I have a set time it's not always the same but I have a set time during the day that I hunger for Him it's like when you get hungry for lunch I know when I haven't spent enough time with God with my Father because He draws me He draws me He woos you my wife if I haven't called her by 11 she's wanting to know hey what you doing for lunch you got other plans I'm sitting with you baby what you gonna eat I don't have to eat anything I just want to see We we should have a greater desire for God and before you feed your face you ought to feed your spirit every morning you ought to eat this word not literally but literally you got to eat it read it before you feed this flesh before you get that most nourishing pop tart bowl of fruit loops read the word I don't understand it yeah you you can understand it the Bible says if you don't have understanding pray for it it gives it liberally He gives it freely the reason we're malnourished is because we haven't been eating haven't been eating right father father you are conditioning your church I'm not talking about the river I'm talking about your church your, your global body you're preparing those that are willing to separate themselves from world, Lord, to be in the world but not of the world, but today we're too far into the world, there seems to be to the center no separation of us. The word holiness is just an old term now and we shouldn't mention it because it's referring to legalism. That's not what it's referring to. It's referring to your word and, and it's a lifestyle that is hard for our flesh to live, therefore we reject that word and it's just a word. We must return to holiness. So I'm going to ask this question. Church, if you're hungry and you're thirsty for true holiness, you are willing. Listen to me. You are willing today. This won't take long. Not that it should matter, but but you're willing God search me as David prayed search me oh God and see if there's any wicked in me you'll say pastor I have a hunger and I have a desire but I just I feel so lost I know what that feels like I've been there many times but it's only when I get malnourished in the word you'll say pastor that's me don't hesitate don't wait I'm not calling you again Come to this altar now. Psalms 139. David said this, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are the works of your hand. And that my soul knows well, my frames are hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought out in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance. Being yet unformed, and in me you booked all that was written. He concluded this with, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. You ever felt anxiety? I know, Good. if this is it, guys, we're in trouble. But it only takes one where two or more agree. I'm in agreement. It's surprising, I'm assuming everyone else is right where you need to be with God. You're just on cloud nine. Search me, O oh God! Know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting of everlasting life. It takes a lot to move takes a lot to move because so the enemy will say well they're going to think this about it doesn't matter what people think about you that's the problem you've been dealing with that's the problem father just another moment church family I just want you to pray pray Say, search me, oh God, and see. See if there's any iniquity in me. Will you do that? Some of you are ready to go home. If you need to go, you can go. Nobody's going to look bad at you. Nobody's going to say anything about you. But if you just want to tarry just for a moment. Spirit filled believers, come fill in the gaps behind these. They need you. They need you. Come fill in the gaps. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Your
1: God's remains on the stone.
0: Church, stretch your hands this way. Pray over these.
1: Jesus. You know our heart. You cause
0: yourself to show what your desire is, Lord. Let it line up with your will. As your will is, let it be done in his life, God. I give you praise. Jesus, we love you. I pray now, God, for your, your hand. God, all have a desire to direct you. Every thump, oh. God, I pray that it be saturated.
1: I'm oh, Time.
0: Psalms 139, 139, verse 23. Search me, O God. You know what's amazing is I prayed this months ago differently than I've ever prayed it before, and I didn't like what He showed me. I thought I was okay. but when you ask him to search you, he looks at every intent of the heart. Every intent. Why? So everything that I do, everything that our staff, everything that they do, I say, why do you want to do that? I don't say that direct, but I, I try to challenge, why do, you, why do you want to go on a retreat? Why do you want to do this? And if they say, well any other reason before someone's life changing, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. It's pointless. There's no point in putting time and money and energy into something that's not going to change a life. It's got to be about changing us. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Let me tell you something. You're never going to feel saved here. Y'all hear me? This is never going to be convinced that you're saved. No, because the enemy right here, the battlefield is in the mind. The enemy is the accuser. He's going to accuse you. That's why he says, search me and know my heart. Why did he say that? Because God said this about David. He said, he's a man after my own heart. And then know this part. He says, and see, if there is any... Wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Guys, we have service tonight. We want to be in much prayer. I know that many of you will be at the service for Justin Williams. And we do want to pray for that family. If you are going to that, send our love. But we will have church here for those that are not going. Six o'clock, we'll meet back here unless, unless the Lord comes back. And if for some strange reason, some crazy reason that maybe you don't make it, make sure you turn all the air units off. It'll get very expensive on you. (laughs) You're going to have worse things to worry about. Fathers, we leave today. We leave in full assurance knowing that we do not leave alone, but we leave with You. We know that You go before us. We know that You are with us. And we know we can do all things with You. Fathers, we leave. We pray this prayer together, receiving it and living it. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in Your sight, O Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. God bless you.